You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day during the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other major podcasting platforms out there, and be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the offseason, I'll be answering your weekly mailbag questions. So get those into me now by either adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council. But make sure to first follow me at Julian Council. The Carolina Panthers offseason enters day number three, as unfortunately the Cardiac Cats who haven't been very cardiac cats as of late, will not be playing in the playoffs this weekend as the NFL kicks off its second ever super wildcard weekend on Saturday afternoon. I believe it's the Bengals and Raiders starting off in that game and then Bills, Patriots that night. But unfortunately, Carolina will not be a part of it. Some of our former friends like Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and all those Panther players formerly Panther players up in Buffalo and Panthers North, they'll be a part of the playoffs, but the Carolina Panthers will not be a part of the playoffs, which means that there's plenty of changes that need to occur this offseason in order for the Carolina Panthers to be in that position next year. And we'll get into it at some point, either this week or maybe early next week, what the Carolina Panthers have to do in order to be one of those 14 playoff teams next season. And here's the thing about the playoffs and a lot of the frustration that fans rightfully should have of how things have gone here in Carolina. And it's not just the excuse that Matt Rule, it's his second year, so, hey, be patient. And I've told people to be patient uh, to a certain extent in terms of just allowing things to grow and maybe that breakthrough will happen in year three. Maybe it won't happen. We have I have no idea. We will wait and see. The thing about the NFL is it's built for parity. It's not like the NBA where if you're not in a big market – that you have really no chance of winning an NBA title unless you are like Milwaukee with the Bucks and you're a smaller market and you get a transcendent player like Giannis, then you have a chance. But for whatever reason, NBA players are like, I have to be in a big market where NFL players are basically trying to find a way to go win anywhere. And it's set up that every single team can win. Baseball set up for basically the big market teams to win. Hockey probably is more a little bit on the lines of the NFL where there's a little bit more parity, but really long, not always, But the NFL, what's great about it is that anyone can win any given Sunday, and it does not matter whether you're in Cleveland, whether you're in L.A., whether you are in Jacksonville. Well, (laughs) in theory, whether you're in Jacksonville or whether you're in Buffalo, you have a chance to win. Half of the teams this year in the playoffs weren't in the playoffs last year. And that's got to be frustrating for the Carolina Panthers and for plenty of Panther fans, knowing that fact that every single year that half the playoff teams are out from the year prior, and a new crop comes in. And hopefully the Carolina Panthers can be that new crop. But as I said, changes have to be made in order for that to happen. And the first place to start for the Carolina Panthers in making some of those changes needed to be on their coaching staff. Free agency is not until March 16th, so they can't go out there and re-sign their player. Well, they, they can tr- start talking to them, but they can't really make any moves outside of who is available for the Carolina Panthers. Um, who's on the who's on the current roster? So they can't really do any moves until free agency starts. 
Also, trades, that's not going to happen until the season's over. And as we know, the draft is not until the end of April, early May. So the first place to start when it comes to making changes and hopefully improving this Carolina Panthers organization under Matt Rule, who's returning for a third season here in 2022, is to make staff changes. He did that a couple weeks ago, ruining my Sunday by firing Joe Brady, who was the offensive wonderkin coming out of LSU, where he did not coach Joe Burrow, where he did not call the plays, where he did not recruit any of his players. But the one thing that he did do was coach the wide receivers. And as you've seen, Justin Jefferson, Broke the NFL rookie uh, wide receiving rushing or wide receiving receiving record, whatever the hell it is. And then the next year, his fellow teammate, Jamar Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals, went out there and broke his own record. Those two guys have been awesome. We have yet to see Terrace Marshall and see what he's going to do. Hopefully, he'll be healthy moving forward. I have no idea. Has not been healthy really a day since he came here to Carolina and was drafted. And that's part of the reason why he, dropped, he, he fell back. But either way, Joe Brady did not work out. But also it wasn't Joe Brady's fault that the offensive line was terrible. He doesn't make personnel decisions. He didn't ask for Sam Darnold. He didn't tell them to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. His offense declined. Philosophically, him and Matt Rule weren't on the same page. So Matt Rule said goodbye. Matt Rule has now made more changes. As of Tuesday afternoon, he decided that he was going to relieve offensive line coach Pat Meyer of his duties, same with special teams coordinator Chase Blackburn of his duties, and defensive line coach Frank Ocam of his duties. None of those are surprising, especially the Meyer and Blackburn. Both of those guys Matt Rule had never worked with before, so now three of the coaches, three of the four coaches that Matt Rule has fired are three guys that he had never worked with before, who he did not have that natural rapport with coming here to Carolina as he took the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. The Panthers allowed 52 sacks this season, which is fifth most in the league. They started 13 different offensive line combinations. Meyer, yes, did like Joe Brady, didn't bring these players in here. He did not make all these decisions, but still, developing and coaching them, he did not do a good job of that. John Miller, Dennis Daly were not this terrible in 2020, but they were god-awful in 2021. Trent Scott was not that bad in 2020, but he was terrible and barely saw the field in 2021. That falls on the offensive line coach and Pat Meyer. He did not do a good job, and unfortunately, he's no longer here in Carolina, and I can't argue with the decision at all. Chase Blackburn was a holdover from the Ron Rivera era, a former Carolina Panthers linebacker, also played up with New York with the New York Giants. I believe he won a Super Bowl there. His special team units weren't great. They really weren't. They figured things out with the kicking game in terms of place kicking with Zane Gonzalez, but kick coverage was not great last season in 2020. Wasn't really that great again this year. Special teams efficiency, when you look at those numbers, they were towards the bottom of the league pretty much every single season that Chase Blackburn had been the special teams coordinator here in Carolina, and the fact that he had never worked Matt Rule before. Matt Rule inherited him and kept him on the staff. Makes sense why Chase Blackburn is no longer here. Now, Frank Ocam is one that might have been a little surprising considering that last year, he was the assistant defensive line coach, then was elevated to the full-time, well, he was already full-time, but the top defensive line coach, worked at Matt Rule back at Baylor, was a rule guy, and now after one season as being the head D-line coach, Matt Rule's decided that, no, you're not my guy. And this kind of goes back a little bit to the words that Scott Fitterer said on Monday afternoon when speaking to the media and the exit interviews here in Charlotte that they have to be better in the trenches. And his focus, obviously, will be on the offensive line. But he did not just speak of the offensive line. He also talked about the defensive line. Think about the Carolina Panthers in situations like against Dallas and Washington and Philly late in that game and Minnesota in that game. They weren't great against the run at a lot of points in times this season. Like, the st- statistically, second-best defense in the league. But they had one area where they weren't great at times. It was 
against the run? Is it the scheme, having the odd man fronts? Is it the slight build of players like Hassan Reddick, who we get into, who says he wants to now move forward and play at 250, which would be beneficial for him, whether he stays here in Carolina or goes elsewhere? Brian Burns not always great against the run. Also, slight of frame. That's been a question since he came into the league of whether he could be good against the run. This defensive line was just not where it needed to be against the run this year. Daquan Jones, I thought, was a fine signing. Okay season. But your top pick from 2020, Derek Brown, was benched a couple weeks ago. And I don't think he's come along in the manner that you would have liked to have seen from that player. He's not going to ever be that interior kind of rusher. Maybe Davion Nixon can be that moving forward for the Carolina Panthers. But the development just has not been there. So all three of those moves... All makes sense to me with Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, no longer being here in Carolina, special team coordinator Chase Blackburn being out, and also defensive line coach Frank Ocam. All necessary changes, along with the OC and Joe Brady. Now, again, this is where it starts with Matt Rule. The focus this offseason will be on fixing the offensive line, which they've said is their top priority, and what they're going to do at quarterback, which they also said they're not going to force a quarterback decision. So brace yourself for the possibility of them giving Sam Darnold another chance. I don't think it's going to happen. He'll be the backup, and that's where he's better suited to be. But brace yourself. These four coaching hires are vitally important for Matt Rule. The OC chief among them. The report from Jay Glazer about having to hire a rock star OC, Matt Rule has to do that. He's got to find someone with experience. And I would also love to find someone potentially like a Doug Marone. And there's been talks about Bill O'Brien. They have a relationship. Who was a former head coach in the National Football League? If you can find a former head coach who at one of these positions, bring him in. But they all have to be people who have NFL experience. All of them. All four of these next hires have to be people that have NFL experience. Nail those hires first and then take care of the rest of the stuff once March and April roll around. Now, once March and April get here, the Carolina Panthers are going to have some key decisions to make in terms of free agency. There's also a player on the roster whose name's been thrown out there recently when it comes to trade talks. That's Christian McCaffrey. What does the future hold for CMC, Dante Jackson, and Hassan Reddick? We'll get into that here in just a moment. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets just so boring by like week three, which is coming up next week. You might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is clearly not just the tastiest choice, it's the healthiest choice. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com.
This offseason is going to bring a lot of necessary change. We've already seen it so far with the coaches being removed of their of their duties. Pat Myers out, Frank Ocam is out, Chase Blackburn's out, and in a couple more about a month ago, Joe Brady was also handed a pink slip. Four new coaching hires that are going to occur here in the next couple weeks. Matt Rule has to nail those. There also might be some change that you don't want to see here in Carolina as it pertains to some of the free agents that are out there for the Carolina Panthers. Two of them, Hassan Reddick, Dante Jackson. There also could be another change that we might see. I don't think we're going to see it, but there's been a lot of talk about Christian McCaffrey, his contract situation, and whether he's available for trades. Joe Person, when evaluating the entire roster, the 53-man roster, last week on The Athletic, just talked about how there's teams out there who are interested potentially in Christian McCaffrey, or, or rather the Carolina Panthers are open to any talks. And Scott Fitter, the Carolina Panthers general manager, talked to the media on Monday during exit interviews, and he was open about the possibility that the Carolina Panthers might want to trade Christian McCaffrey. He said he had a great conversation with Christian on Monday morning and was candid and honest with him about how he feels about Christian McCaffrey's situation and whether they actually would move on from him. Scott Fitter, who said on his first day when he took over, he will be in on every deal, is not someone who's going to just ignore a phone call for Christian McCaffrey. He does not want to necessarily trade him. He says that right now there is no intentions to trade Christian McCaffrey. But if someone offers something crazy, then obviously he will listen. Currently, for me, I don't know how many teams out there are willing to trade for a player who has missed 23 games the last two seasons. He's missed 23 of Matt Rule era, 33 games for the Carolina Panthers. When he's on the field, he's excellent. The problem is he has just not been on the field the last two seasons. And another issue is he signed that four-year extension, remember, for $64 million, making the highest-paid running back in the National Football League. That hasn't even kicked in yet. Starts this upcoming season where he'll be 26. Currently sitting at 25, going to be 26 during the 2022 season. So what team out there wants a running back who is the highest-paid running back in the league and has not been playing the last two years? I don't think there's very many out there. I will say this, though. Christian McCaffrey, as we know and healthy, is a fantastic player. He's also still very young. He takes care of his body. He talked about how he's gotten close to God and his faith and how it's been very challenging for him. He's become a better person having to deal with the injury issues the last couple seasons. I get it. And here's the thing, too. When we talk about Christian McCaffrey and the injuries, let's go through the injuries the last two seasons. Let's go through them. Because we talk about usage all the time. And I'm on your side now where I've been to guys like run him into the ground. You're going to pay this money, run him into the ground. I don't care. Now, obviously, that's not worked out. But it's also for me, and I'm going to go over here in just a moment, been a little bit of bad luck. But Christian McCaffrey is a great player. Do I want to see Amir, Amir Abdullah out there? The way he played the last couple weeks of the season, I would love to see him get a chance. Especially out of the backfield. He adds an element. Chuba Hubbard acquitted himself quite well this year as a fourth-round pick out of Oklahoma State. But I want to see Chris McCaffrey out there because when you have one of the best offensive talents in the National Football League and he's healthy, you give him the football. Now, do you need to give him the football 30 times anymore? Probably not. But let's find a good balance. 20, 22 times, give him the ball as much as possible. That's going to help the team win, but also keep him healthy on the field. Now, here's the thing for Chris, with Chris McCaffrey and his injuries over the last couple seasons when you look at him. Gets injured week two in 2020 on the road against Tampa Bay. Gets tackled going to the sideline near the goal line. Has someone, has someone excuse me, Roll up on his leg. Okay, how is that preventable? It's not really. Now, if he might have played one less snap, then he doesn't get hurt. And it's very true. The more snaps that you play, 
the higher the chance is that you can get injured. But also, it only takes one snap. And I always talk with the whole next man up mentality. You got to be ready to go. But that situation, it wasn't like a muscle injury. He just got rolled up on. Comes back, Kansas City, week 9, 10, or whatever it was, 2020. Daniel Sorensen tackles him, pile drives his shoulder into the ground. Again, football, not preventable. Now, one injury that was preventable, the third one, was when he was working his way back, trying to get back for the last couple weeks of the season, which he really didn't need to play anyway, and he pulled a muscle. Then he was out for the season. That's him working too hard to get back. Now, let's go back to this season. Week three, quick turnaround, Thursday night football, pulls his hamstring. McCaffrey comes back, talks to the media, says he thinks that the quick turnaround was the reason that led to that injury. Is that preventable? doesn't really feel like it when the NFL rather have money and choose that over player health and safety, which don't get it twisted. The NFL does not care about the players. It's all about the almighty dollar. And Thursday night football is a great example of that. So that injury happens. Then he comes back, plays again, hurts his ankle. Not really preventable. Christian McCaffrey's just had bad injury luck the last couple seasons. And injury luck is one of those things that you have to kind of take into account. Here's just an example for overall with, with the team. Look at last season, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really no significant injuries at all. Now look at him heading into the playoffs. Tons of injuries. Great luck the year before, bad luck the next year. Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately, a guy who had great injury luck for literally his entire career back at Stanford, then his first three years in Carolina, not or whatever, how many first three or four years in Carolina, now has not had good injury luck with the Carolina Panthers. I think it's just bad luck. And here's the one thing that might be beneficial to the injuries that he suffered. It's not like he tore an ACL. It's not like he's blown out an Achilles. It's not like he's had anything that's required major surgery or surgery at all, from my understanding. Christian McCaffrey will be fine. He's been able to not take some of the blows that he would have gone through the last couple of years had they had he been healthy. And maybe because of those snaps he took where he got injured. But again, just bad luck, just part of the game. It can happen on any single play. I'm not ready to give up on Christian McCaffrey. I still believe at 25 years old as we sit here in January and then going to be 26 when the season starts, that Christian McCaffrey can still help this football team. And I still believe, one healthy... Christian McCaffrey's better than Derrick Henry, that he's better than Jonathan Taylor, that he's better than Dalvin Cook, that he's better than Alvin Kamara, he's better than Zeke Elliott, he's better than Saquon Barkley, he's better than every damn running back in the league. I still believe that. So when you have a player that talented, who's still this young, and takes care of his body, and just had some crap luck the last two years, I don't think it's a player that you want to give up on. Now again, if someone calls and offers something crazy, you gotta listen. For me, Julian Council... I'm still on the Christian McCaffrey train. I still think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have a lot more good years here in Carolina. Maybe only four more, but I still think the next three, four years that Christian McCaffrey will help this football team win football games and that this that he will be good and he will stay healthy, hopefully, with better luck. I think I expect Christian McCaffrey to still help them out. And I know there's questions about, oh, you got to expect him not to be out there. I think Brett Jensen of WBT asked McC- um Matt Rule, that question basically like, oh, you're going to just plan for him to be out and like basically be a luxury? Well, they didn't plan for him to be out and be a luxury when they offered him a four-year, $64 million deal. Like, he's still going to be a part of the plans moving forward. He just has to be healthy, and that's a big if right now. But again, I think it's more bad luck than a product of just Christian McCaffrey, you know, getting injured because, you know, he's injury-prone. 
You look at every running back out there. All the major running backs in the NFL, they have issues. That's why you have to have good backups. And I think they have found a pretty good pair behind Christian McCaffrey, Amir Abdullah, and Chuba Hubbard that they can utilize. And hopefully, though, they don't have to utilize them as much as they had the last year, or at least this season, and last year with Mike Davis, and Christian McCaffrey can be healthy in 2022. So I'm not ready to give up on him right now. And I hope you're not ready to give up on him either. Okay, I teased it. I meant to talk about it. Hassan Reddick, Dante Jackson. What also what their future be? And there's also a bunch of dudes getting re-signed here in Carolina. And we also have other guys headed to free agency. Going to get into that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans. This is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. I want to thank our friends over at OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's episode of Locked on Panthers. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge throughout the playoffs to providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets smarter than ever. OnlineGambling.com provides the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every better in the world to beat the odds. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest betting news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, that's OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's postseason. Okay, so as of right now, the future for Christian McCaffrey appears to be here in Carolina. It's the contract, it's the injuries, it's also seems like the team still has him in their plans moving forward and knows that what healthy, which is, you know, win, he's one of the best players in the National Football League, in my opinion, still the best running back in the National Football League when healthy. Got to be healthy, hopefully he will be, get some better luck here heading into the offseason and then into the 2022 season once they get down to Spartanburg, South Carolina there in July of this year. So we have about seven months. Gonna be a long seven months, man. Damn, 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 damn. All right, but there's other guys who we got we to gotta talk about. We'll spend plenty of time here, as I said, over the next couple of weeks, talking about some of these upcoming free agents. But two of them who spoke to the Panthers media on Monday morning through the, uh, via the exit interviews there at Bank of America Stadium were Dante Jackson and Hassan Reddick. Dante Jackson, we have not seen in a couple of weeks after he suffered an injury, was out for the rest of the season, says that he'll be good, fine, good to go for... OTAs, whenever that kind of that time comes, and that he'll be healthy heading into free agency, which is good to hear because you never want a player to have a significant injury heading to free agency. I talked with the Bucks just recently, like Chris Godwin, free agent coming up here towards ACL. Awful to see. You never want to see anything like that. But Dante Jackson believes that he um he's put a lot of good tape out there this year. And I that was one of my predictions going into the season that Dante Jackson would have a breakout year. And I thought he did. I thought Dante was really good at points and times this year. The Washington game stands out as like really the only time you really saw the old Dante Jackson when he got cooked by Terry McLaurin. But who doesn't get cooked by Terry McLaurin? He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I just don't think Dante Jackson really stacks up as a number one guy. But he is someone who a team will invest in. Will it be here in Carolina? I don't know. 
Dante said he would love for Carolina to be here. He's become a man here. He wants to be home, but he also is going to let things play out. Hassan Reddick, who last season had 12 and a half sacks um, for the Arizona Cardinals after they decided not to exercise his fifth-year option. He came to Carolina to play for his former head coach, Matt Rule, and defensive coordinator in Phil Snow. He played with back at Temple that helped them become a first-round pick. He came here, and he was awesome. I asked all offseason, was that a lie, or is Hassan Reddick really that dude? Turns out Hassan Reddick is really that dude, and he's going to be someone who's going to want to get paid. The $7 million, whatever six, whatever it was, the Panthers got for him was one of the bargain deals of the offseason considering how he played. He's a Pro Bowl alternate. I'm sure based off of how things play out with the playoffs and he makes a Super Bowl and other injuries, that he'll be a Pro Bowler and he deserves to be a Pro Bowler. Absolutely should have been one. I was surprised that he didn't get in and Brian Burns did, even though I think Burns is a fantastic player, obviously. is going to be a cornerstone guy for the Panthers to build around. But I would love to have Hassan Reddick back. There's questions about whether it's an either-or situation for for Dante Jackson and in Stephon Gilmore. Like, if I was going to answer the question, I can get into greater detail later on. What I, who would I rather have? Probably Stephon Gilmore because he just has the track record of being the NFL MVP defensively and also just being a lockdown kind of guy. And it's kind of nice, too. He's a local dude. But Dante's a little bit younger. Speed, good. I don't think he's the number one corner. And maybe J.C. Horn turns out to be a number one corner, so it's not necessarily all that important to have a number one guy. But Dante has come a long way, and I wish him the best. But what does the future hold here in Carolina for Dante Jackson? We know you got J.C. Horn. You got C.J. Henderson, which was a trade that was billed for the future. They like Keith Taylor, it sounds like. I don't know like what Rashawn Melvin's future is, but it's definitely not as a key contributor here. But you got three young corners for sure who are going to actually play. Stan Thomas Oliver looks like he's going to have a career as a special teams guy, at least as long as he's here in Carolina. They got to bring back one of Dante or one of Stephon Gilmore. The problem is both those guys are going to want to get paid. And also the problem is the defense was really good this year. And the focus is going to be on the offensive line and on the quarterback position. But also they only have so many things, so much money they can allocate to each position. Scott Fitter was asked about how much cap space that they have. He said about $28 million. According to Spotrack, they have $28.6 million projected salary cap, which is the 12th least cap space in the league. And that is a problem for a team that needs to fix the offensive line that would like to be in on a quarterback. They don't have the assets nor the cap space, so it's going to be very hard to do that. And Sam Darnold's probably immovable. And Scott Fitter was asked about that about the fifth year option, and he said that they're going to have to be creative. But they also that they have a plan, that they have certain money allocated to corner or to edge rusher or to left tackle or whatever that they're willing to spend here in free agency. But they also have not spoken to Dante Jackson or Hassan Reddick's representation. If I had to guess, Hassan Reddick won't be back here in Carolina. The guy has had. 23 sacks, is, that's what it is, I think. It's 24 or whatever over the last two seasons. He ain't coming back unless he's getting paid as one of the top edge rushers in the NFL. And adding that 250 pounds is basically him telling teams out there that he is willing to add more weight to be even more better of a player and be able to hold up and to be more physical of a presence. He's going to get paid a ton of money. And I just don't know if he's in the Carolina Panthers price range. It's okay because you have Brian Burns and then Gross Matos really came on the last couple weeks of the season. He might not be. He's more of a guy who's going to be um, on the ground, hands on the hands on the dirt, than a stand up edge rusher. But they're going to have to draft other players. But I would have a hard time believing Hassan Reddick's going to be back here in Carolina. If I had to choose between Dante and Stephon Gilmore, like I said, I'd rather have Stephon Gilmore. So there's a very good possibility that both those guys are gone. 
and that's going to hurt for the Carol hurt the Carolina Panthers, where corner was such a strong position depth wise. And they also have AJ Bouye coming back next year, so you at least have Jason Horn, Bouye, um, Henderson, and then Keith Taylor. But you want to get one of those guys back at the very least. I don't know if that's going to be Dante. We will see. We will see. So there's other guys also in Carolina who at least will be back throughout training camp um, down there in Spartanburg. Uh, the Panthers signed P.J. Walker and fullback Giovanni Ritchie to one-year extensions as exclusive rights-free agents. P.J. Walker, I have a hard time believing, will actually make the roster next year. If Darnold's going to be here, which he's likely to be here, and, and, and Scott Fitter said Sam will be here next season because he's not an idiot. He knows no one's going to be a sucker like they were last offseason in trading for Sam Darnold right before the draft. That he'll be the backup next season, or there's a crazy possibility that he's a starter. But if Sam Darnold's the backup, I don't see PJ Walker being on this roster anymore. I just don't think he's ever going to be. I, I don't know. If, let's not say he's never going to be a good backup. I just don't really see the value in having PJ Walker around. We could potentially find a younger player to draft and develop and turn into actually a long term backup if that's what the Carolina Panthers want to be. Or you can just go out there and find a veteran backup. And if they actually really get a veteran to start for them, then the veteran backup would be Sam Darnold. That'd be a better situation than having P.J. Walker as their backup quarterback. They also sign uh, eight practice squad players to future deals, which will bind them to the team for the coming season. That group includes running back Spencer Brown, cornerback Madre Harper, who got a little bit of run here in the last couple weeks, defensive lineman Frank Heron, offensive lineman Mike Horton, and Aaron Montero, and wide receivers Aaron Parker and C.J. Saunders, who also played a little bit here the last couple weeks, and tight end Colin Thompson, who, again, Baylor guy. So the Panthers also have 22 unrestricted free agents, including two of those players I mentioned before, Dante Jackson and Hassan Reddick. New league year starts on March 16th. That's when free agency will start. Some guys who have already said they're going to be gone is Marquise Haynes and Jermaine Carter. They both on Monday afternoon tweeted out their goodbyes to the city of Charlotte. Marquise Haynes, who I think is a pretty solid rotational edge rusher. We'll see what happens to him. Might be a candidate for Buffalo. And then Jermaine Carter Jr. might be probably a candidate for the Washington football team. And Ron Rivera, they will likely go up to uh, Panthers Mid-Atlantic and Panthers North this upcoming season. Jermaine Carter just did not turn out to be a starting linebacker in the NFL. I do wonder how things would have changed had Denzel Perryman stayed healthy throughout training camp. The fact that he wasn't healthy. I think the vaccination status thing. The getting the, tra the traffic ticket on his way to Spartanburg for speeding. Just didn't really seem like he meshed. And, I, and also, this is a team that is weird about guys fighting through injuries. Like the Eli Apple thing. They cut him because he just was, wouldn't fight through stuff. Maybe that's kind of with Denzel Perryman. I don't really know what happened medically there. It would have been nice to have Perryman here instead because it turned out to be a really good signing and not the greatest trade because they didn't get enough compensation for who for a guy who turned out to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. But it worked out for him, Pro Bowler, and he got to go to the playoffs this season. So there's a little bit of update on some of the guys who've been signed and also just some of my thoughts on what might happen here in the future when it comes to Dante Jackson and Hassan Reddick. And again, we'll get into more of these free agents. Uh, guys out there um, on the roster and then are, that aren't on the roster as the months and weeks um, continue here up until we get to March 16th when the new year league year starts up. All right, that's all I got here for y'all today on the show here on Locked on Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Please check us out also on Spotify and all of the other podcasting platforms where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the rest of the offseason and throughout the entire year, unless it's a holiday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, so get those into me now. 
by adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council. But again, make sure to follow me there at Julian Council. No crossover Thursday, so we'll have to do something else. Hopefully going to get someone on here to break down the rest of the season at some point, either this week or next. But in the meantime, remain patient, take a deep breath, and keep watching the Hornets, man. God, they're playing really well right now. All right, peace. <laughs>